This is 37 Families, Season 1, Chapter 6. In this episode, we will be integrating our discussion in the last podcast with the nine dialogues, as well as touching on the developmental attribution of archetypes to adolescents. In the last podcast, we talked about the attribution of impulses according to a particular rationalization. In this episode, I would like to expand that discussion to include the nine dialogues. Since every intersection with another represents nine dialogues comprising nine classes of parallel universes, wherein each dialogue represents an affirmatory narrative of some impulse, we can see that any self-conscious impulse is automatically engaged with by the other, as a consequence of these nine dialogues. This engagement does not take place within the mind, but rather by extension of the actual intersection of one self with another through the nine plates of expression. Since we know that each of these discussions or dialogues is a fulsome dialogue, representing all the dimensions of meaning, we know that it is very much as if a person has had a full conversations with regards to the affirmation of that particular impulse through the nine dialogues. Now, likewise, the attribution of archetypal forms can also take place within and through the nine dialogues of expression. Since, an archetype is simply the word which rationalizes a given set of behaviors, we know that this language can and frequently does constitute a component of the nine dialogues. Thus, in the attribution of language to a given person through the nine dialogues, these self-conscious impulses are affirmed, developed and expressed. But it is important to note that these impulses are nascent. Only in becoming self-conscious do they transition into an affirmatory narrative. Which is to say, only when one has been conscripted to a particular rationalization, do these impulses become self-conscious rather than concealed. In becoming self-conscious, they attain expression through the affirmational narratives of a particular dialogue. Now, concealed impulses are not definable by language. They represent merely a particular structure or arrangement to the other. Thus, concealed impulses are not merely nascent in form, they are pure substance, manifesting a particular arrangement of one's physical reality, representing a particular orientation to the other. These impulses do not possess an intrinsic form, but rather acquire this only through the rationalization of provided by the other, which renders them self-conscious, becoming subject, or responsive to the affirmatory narratives of the nine dialogues. The reality is that we all generate these concealed impulses, when we are not in an integrated state. These concealed impulses are repulsive to the other, generating asynchronicity, dissonant spaces, and spatial segregation. The alternative, when one possesses fully rationalized self-conscious impulses, is that one exists within a fully transparent state, where the other's consciousness adheres to one's own consciousness, where there is no segregation of an individualized consciousness. Thus, it is apparent that the non-linearity of some members of the populace is symptomatic of them becoming fully integrated, all of their impulses becoming actualized, representing the fulfillment of their impulses through self-conscious dialogues. But such a state is anathema to individuality. In this state one possesses only the mere appurtenances of individual consciousness, a body, which is easily discarded or transferred to another. In non-linearity, there is only the group consciousness. Thus, we can see that when one is fully transparent, the result is the inability of the individual to generate concealed impulses.
the inability to generate orthogonal thought. The inability to flip the telescopic effect, as described in the telescopic world. One becomes an agent of the design, which is merely the manifestation of the will of the group mind. That's the end of the podcast for today.